11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is Amina Ekic. All right, Amina. So let's go back in time. Uh, What what was your first memory of uh, playing soccer? My first memory would probably have to be watching my dad play. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's kind of what got me involved with the game is um, watching my dad play, my grandpa play, my uncle play. I know when I was born here, but when they moved here in the U.S., they would play in like Sunday leagues and I mean, I think I could barely walk and I would always like be out there with them, with my mom, watching them. And that's slowly how I kind of got into the game. Oh, nice. Where are they originally from? Uh, my family is originally from Bosnia. Oh, OK. So soccer is big over there? Yeah. I mean, big in Europe. Yeah. Yeah, much. for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, yeah, just going like into your, your, like your high school career and things like that. And like, uh, did you play, did you get to play, um, high school and travel or did you, uh, just play one? Yeah. So before we had racing, um, we didn't have any academies or like ECNL, so to say. So I played for Javanon, Javanon soccer club and, my team was pretty good. We won state a couple times. Um, you know, that's, that was as, as good as it got pretty much. Uh, I played with them from nine years old to 18 years old. Um, I did play middle school soccer. I played high school soccer at manual. So it was nice because here uh, the seasons offset each other. So in the fall, everyone would play high school. And then once the fall ended, um, you kind of got into like winter and spring club soccer. Oh, yeah, that's that's cool. So you got to play all, all year round, basically. Yeah, I think it was a good experience for sure. I think everyone yeah. should get to play high school soccer and just yeah. kind of have that environment of like representing your school and having fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then what about like when did you know like you were like better than the rest? Um, let's see. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I've always kind of knew because I, I had this goal to play for professionally and to play for the national team. Mm -hmm. Um, I would, I mean, when I started playing rec soccer, it was co-ed, um, not the YMCA, but it was called Beachmont. And Mm -hmm. that's where I played when I was eight years old and then kind of going into when I turned nine about half I played half the season before I went to Javanon because Mm -hmm. my my dad and his friend um saw that I had a lot of potential and that 
it was too easy for me. So from then on, that's kind of like when I got serious about it and wanted to make a career out of it. Yeah, that's crazy. So at nine years old, you knew. Yeah, I knew. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I was just different than the other yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's crazy. But now I get a lot. I mean, when I ask everybody that, it's usually somewhere around that age and like I'd say like probably up to like 13, like middle school, basically. Um, yeah, and then just going into back to your high school career, you, you won Gatorade uh, Player of the Year uh, in Kentucky. What, what did that mean to you? That was awesome. I honestly wasn't expecting it because usually it's a senior award and I won it my junior year and I missed out on my senior year of uh, high school soccer because of an ACL injury. Mm-hmm. So um, it was just awesome. I remember filling out the paperwork for it and it was just, honestly, I think that process is why some people just didn't even apply to be considered mm-hmm. for it because it was so long, but yeah. yeah, it was a nice little surprise. Like I got called down to, the my athletic director's room and it was kind of like I was in trouble like the principal (laughs) was walking down and they're like you have to go down there like immediately like they need to talk to you and I was like you know I was a good student I was like I don't know what's going on um I got called down and they put me like in front of this computer and they're like you just have to watch this and they didn't say anything and it was like it was like the Gatorade player of the year, like intro video. And it was like, congrats, like you're the Gatorade player of the year for Kentucky girls soccer. And it was like, wow. And they had like recorded my reactions and like everyone was in the room and it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then what about, what was your recruiting process like? Uh, sorry. Uh, no, I said, just so what was your recruiting process like out of high school? Uh, I would say it was very different. I committed to the University of Louisville my freshman year, mm-hmm. like wow. early, like early mid-year of my freshman year of high school. So I really didn't have anything to worry about, I guess, the, re- the rest of my high school career. But I committed very early and I knew I knew what I wanted and I knew I wanted to be here in Louisville. So did you have any other offers or, or once it was Louisville, that was it? Yeah, I had a couple offers. Um, I had a lot of coaches that watched me because I was in uh, frequently into the youth national team camp mm-hmm. cycles. Uh, I did have UNC reach out and a couple like schools around Penn State. So I talked to a couple coaches, but ultimately I knew I wanted to be here. Yeah, that's awesome. And then um, you said did you tear your ACL your junior year or your senior year? uh late into my junior year okay and then so so did that have any effect on you know like louisville or like like did they say like we might pull your offer or anything like that uh that's actually what i was very scared of yeah um at that time but karen the head coach there she's still the head coach now was just called me and she left a voicemail. Um, cause I was, it was the same day and I was like, just in distraught. Mm-hmm. Uh, my club coach actually is the Bellarmine women's head coach. So he was a division one college coach. So they had contact with each other and I'm sure he filled her in. Um, so then she called me, left a voicemail. I was like still in the car ride home, like bawling my eyes out and it was like nice to hear she just told me everything was going to be okay and that they weren't going to drop me and like this stuff happens all the time and it's so common Mm -hmm. and that they like they had faith in me and believed in me and to let me know like if I needed anything to reach out 
And that was like very comforting to hear at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome too. Just with like, you know, advanced sciences, I'm sure like 10 years ago, wasn't the same like to recover from ACL. Um, and then, yeah. What, how was the process just recovering from that um, your senior year? Um, I would say it was difficult. I personally, I never thought it would happen to me. Mm-hmm. It happened to a couple of my friends, but I just felt, you know, like I had this goal to play professional soccer. I felt like I was different. I was always like, you know, like lifting, trying to stay healthy, doing everything I can. I was like a much different body type than my friends. I was just like, you know, just more athletically built, I would say. So I just like mm-hmm. felt I was different and that wouldn't happen to me. Um, so it kind of brought me down when it happened. I mean, when it did happen, I knew exactly what it was. I mean, knee injuries, pretty brutal. Um, that year was tough. Like, I know my mom would pick me up from school a little early so then we could drive to rehab. Um, and I'd go there five days a week, not the weekends. And I did that for nine months. Um, slow progress. I did also do my meniscus. So, you know, with the weight bearing, it took a little bit longer, but it definitely like helped me grow mentally and be stronger. And then actually my freshman year of college, second to last game of the season, I tore my, my opposite knee. So then I was like, Oh, you've got to be kidding me. It was like a year apart. I think that one was more hard for me Mm -hmm. because I knew everything that I'd have to like go through and do or like step-by-step the progressions. And then I was kind of just more let down because I had this like mentality before the first one that this couldn't happen to me. And then Mm -hmm. it happened twice. And I had kind of convinced myself after the first one that it was a freak accident. Like it's not going to happen again. Like we overcame it. We're going to move on. And then after the second one, I was like, well, I don't know anything anymore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that stinks, but that was, uh, that was, that was funny. I mean, that's good though that you got you. I mean, you got to block it out of your mind to, if you think about it all the time, that's not going to be good. Uh, and then I yeah. was just doing, I just saw actually um, with the Gatorade player of the year, you met, you got to meet Peyton Manning. Oh yeah. That was, I forget what it's called. It was like, um, or it was for, oh, it was for the uh, Kentucky female athlete of the year. Yeah. It was like something put on by like Louisville and the Courier Journal. I forget exactly what mm-hmm. it was called, but I got Kentucky female athlete of the year and Kentucky girls soccer player of the year. So all the award recipients, like um, Peyton Manning talked, and then afterwards they presented the awards and you go backstage to get your award and you got to like meet him and take a picture and talk with him. And that was really cool. Yeah, that's so awesome. I got to meet him twice in one night. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah. Then, <laughs> and then just going into your freshman year after the ACL, you, you won the, the co-freshman of the year in the ACC. Um, like, what did that mean to you to come back from the ACL and then win the freshman of the year? Oh, that was awesome because it just kind of, it's like the little things that like keep you moving. Like you'll have Mm -hmm. a bad day, like rehab, like I don't want to do this today or this is stupid. And like, why did this happen to me? And it's like the small, like little successes, little things. And it was like, oh, like, you know, I missed out on my last two games and I won this. And, you know, we didn't make um, the NCAA tournament. We didn't make the, the ACC tournament that year and it was just kind of nice to know like you know it was just like a confidence booster like Mm -hmm. we didn't do any of this stuff and like I still had a good year and it just kind of encouraged me to push on 
Yeah, for sure. And then going into sophomore year, what, like, did you, you didn't get to start the season because of the other torn ACL? Uh, no. So I, I did it at the end of the season and actually the nine months was August. So preseason. So okay. I was like, you know, like running and like starting contact at that point. So I was like, good to go. Oh, I actually that... didn't miss any, any of like, besides the one game, I didn't miss anything. Wow. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, then, um, going flat fast forwarding into uh last year um the covid season and then what what was that that uh i guess experience like just like going through covid and you know playing and all the testing and things like that you guys had to go through yeah i mean obviously it was a tough year but mm -hmm. um just so thankful that we had it because i mean when the whole like COVID thing was announced. Um, my college was on spring break. So mm -hmm. everyone had like got like gone home and stuff. And then when everything had shut down, like everyone was at home, which was, you know, our, like pretty, pretty nice for everyone, mm -hmm. but having to do like zoom workouts and like zoom team meetings and film and just like sit at home all day and like kind of debate, like, am I, doing too much or am I not doing enough? And it was just like hard to gauge everything. Like it was like so frustrating. Like you couldn't really play like, you know, like I was working on my technical skills and at a certain point you're just tired of hitting the ball against the wall. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but once, <laughs> but <laughs> once we got the go ahead, like obviously the year looked different and we got cleared to come back and start training together, but we didn't know if there would be a season and what that would look like. Um, we had to wear masks. We had to get tested. And that's when, like, the only test allowed was the deep nasal thing, the yeah, deep yeah. nasal swab. And that was, like, one of the worst things I had ever done in my life. But the fact that everyone was so committed to just doing that, I mean, if we get to play, like, you know, shove it down my nose, like, touch my brain yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> um, names on water bottles, masks on at all times. We had like vitamins we took. Everyone had their separate cups, like no touching, fist bumping, like elbow bumping, no high fives. Like it was fairly weird year. We found out that we'll have a season, but the season would be like shortened, which was awesome that we were playing. But, you know, like your senior year, you're like, well, I'm not going to play in the NCAA tournament because it's in the spring and I'm looking to get drafted. Uh, ACC was cut down to a few games. And I think it was difficult for a lot of teams too, because they didn't even have, or they didn't have the numbers or they didn't want to participate or they didn't have the funds um, yeah. to play. COVID got in, got into the way, like with a lot of things, because I think there were rules, like each team had to be tested like this long before the game and this many times a week. And you know, some schools couldn't afford to have that many COVID tests. So that canceled out a lot of teams you could play. Travel was a factor. Um, then I had the decision to make if I wanted to use my COVID year and stay, or if mm -hmm. I wanted to get drafted. And honestly, it, like I was stuck on that for a long time. I was trying to figure out what I wanted and what I wanted to do. And, you know, you didn't want to leave the program and like, on this like note and have this be your final season. But eventually like I decided that I wanted to go pro and as much as, um, you know, it kind of sucked, but 
was very thankful that I did get to play and like, you know, grateful for all the people who made it happen. Um, like I know it wasn't easy. No one is trained for COVID protocol. It just kind of happened. So we were just kind of going with the flow and listening to our coaches to, you know, the medical team, like, you know, everything was sanitized every time we used it. I think, I even think in the locker room, we had to have two groups. So we had less people in there and we had like a time limit to get in and get out. Like it was different, but I'm super grateful for it. And I had, I still had a blast with my teammates and the team. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's just wild. <laughs> I mean, if it like, if we heard like these stories, like I, two years ago, everyone would be like, that's, that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players? Well, how would you like to work with professional players one-on-one? Now you can with Be Pro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. Um, oh. Yeah, and, you, and and not to mention you won the ACC Offensive Player of the Year. Um, oh. <laughs> did that... <laughs> Was that still like meaningful, even though it was a short season? Yeah, it was super meaningful. I mean, I trained so hard like (laughs) that summer. Like, I mean, I always feel like I train hard, but like, you know, your senior year, you're like, I want to come for it all. I want to win. I want to make it to playoffs with the team. Like, you know, just make history for the program. And I definitely like left it all out there my senior year sure what did, what did you study it there uh i studied exercise science all right and then yeah i know you said it was difficult to to choose whether or not to leave or not um so what what made you leave well for um for starters i was on a track to graduate early because of the draft so like like take COVID out, like, you know, normal college experience. Um, usually you end in the spring. Mm -hmm. So the draft is in January and my senior semester would end in May. Like that's when I would graduate, but I wanted to wrap that up sooner. So I was taking like summer classes, winter classes, extra classes, like, um, in the semesters so that I could be graduated the winter right before the draft. So I wouldn't have to worry about like school and if I wasn't at home and how I would finish it. And honestly being busy with preseason and professional soccer, not knowing what that looks like. Yeah. So a big part of it for me was I would be finished with school and I wouldn't Louisville didn't, didn't have a physical therapy program. Mm-hmm. So I've always wanted to go to Bellarmine to which is like another close localing d1 school um they have a great program and that's that was always my plan was to go there and get my doctorates and that but i didn't really have anything on the school side and i kind of felt like i was my senior year i had gotten as good as i was going to get in the college game and i didn't want to plateau another year i wanted to keep improving so i wanted a challenge so those factors kind of contributed as to why i made the decision to go pro. All right. I like that. And that was, I mean, ultimately, right. Like you said, if COVID wasn't here, that was, that was going to be the case anyways. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, just going into the draft, like you got drafted fifth overall. Did, was that like, 
good for you or did you think you were going to go higher? Um, I think that was good for me. Like it was kind of hard to, you know, like gauge where you're going to go, but Mm -hmm. that process was long, like, you know, talking to agents and then you'd have zoom calls and phone calls with, um, head coaches. And then after a while I had pretty much talked to almost every team. I feel like, so after a while, like, you know, they're like, if you're still up, you know, we're going to take you. And then I kind of figured, like, I'm going to be a first-round pick. I didn't really know where I fell into that category. I knew I wasn't number one. I knew I probably wasn't going to be last. Mm-hmm. I was going to be somewhere in the middle. And I was actually, like, you know, excited. I feel like I went a lot higher than I expected. And to be home, like, that was that was a special moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I, just staying home. Um, yeah. And then just go, like, tell me about, like, the first game, like, and what was that like to just step on the field and become a pro? It was incredible. I don't I don't think anything can prepare you for it until you experience it. But the best way I explain it when people ask me is like when you're watching the World Cup and like that Nike commercial comes on with like like the 12 year old girl and like she's dreaming and that she's on the field with like Alex Morgan and Marta. And it's just like bright lights and just like you know, you hear people cheering, like it's, it's unlike anything I've played in, like it's loud. And then like, you look over and Marta's standing next to you and you're just kind of starstruck. And then you kind of like snap out of it and get back into the game. Like it was very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And then, uh, how was it to, to score your first professional goal? Oh, it was amazing. Like I've practiced that shot so many times and to score it and to score it at home, uh it was it was something else yeah yeah that's awesome and then going into i know going backwards a little bit but um going into playing for the national team i know you played on the u17 u19 um what what was that experience like to play for your country it was awesome um i did go on two trips i went to australia and the czech republic um it was a great experience i got to play a lot i know we played against older players um, and it was great. It was very challenging. Our recent, most recently was with the U23s. I actually got invited to go back to the U23s, but camp was canceled because of COVID. Um, so, yeah, I guess just hoping to get a call up soon. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, you ready for the, the Quincy five questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right. What's the, what's the most important uh, quality or skill that you feel has made you successful as a pro? Um, I think that I'm very technical and my technical game has gotten me to this level, but I also think that mentally, which a lot of people don't see, like you have to be tough and like willing to adapt and, you know, have confidence and, just stay positive. You know, even when things aren't going well, you have to have like that grit to like get through hard workouts or hard training. Yeah, definitely. Actually one of Quincy's uh, sayings is adapt or die. Oh, I like that. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, what's, what's the biggest mistake you think pro players are making? Um, see this one, I didn't really have an answer for, Really, but I think that is most important for people to, um, like, 
not look to anyone else, but to their needs and what they need. And if they need extra time off, then to do it. Or if they need an extra workout to do it, um, not to compare yourself to others, to kind of like mm-hmm. ride your own path because everyone's body is different. Um, training is going to be different. The amount of minutes you get is going to be different. So just individualizing everything to yourself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and if the if the listeners don't know already, you're you're a rookie, so it's definitely understandable uh, <laughs> that your your answer is definitely going to change within a couple of years. I'm sure. Um, what what advice would you give a young player trying to make a pro league or like trying to get like a scholarship to a college? Um, I would say not to compare yourself to others because everyone's journey is different. Definitely you need to work hard. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take extra, like extra work, but especially like in college, I mean, I committed freshman year. Some of my teammates committed in my class committed their senior year. We all ended up in the same place. So, you know, not to stress, not to worry. Like if your friend committed three years before you and like the opportunity will still be there. Just wait till your time, wait till it's your time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, so these next two could be, like, life-related or soccer-related. Um, what, what is something that most people think is true that you believe isn't? Mm. Well, my dad thinks Bigfoot is real. <laughs> <laughs> and for the longest time, we'd always watch that show, like, Finding Bigfoot and, like, the evidence stuff. And it's just, like, a family joke that we have going on like I'm like he's not real and like he's like he is but look at the show and like I don't know if he's kind of just messing with me to play devil's advocate but he's like very invested into this whole Bigfoot thing and I'm like I don't think <laughs> it's real but I like to sit down and watch with him because like sometimes I'm like oh you never know that's that's hilarious uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what's something you would move forward with uh, if you weren't scared of what would happen if things didn't go well move forward with um well ever since I was little I'd oh I've always wanted to be like I love the show Law and Order SVU mm-hmm. and I've always wanted to be like a high-ranking detective or like something like in that show and I just feel like the lifestyle would be too difficult like they they're busy you don't see your family like I've looked into it like it takes so many years to work up to that rank and if i could just like you know just do it for a day or just like be there i'd definitely do it i'd be a detective yeah that'd be cool to just like shadow someone like doing some detective stuff (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i looked into it and i was like it takes like you have to work at a certain rank for a couple of years and like yeah I just, I just want to jump into it. You know, I wouldn't want to start off as a police officer and then like work my way. I just want to like go straight to detective. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. You ready for some fun questions? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, what, uh, what's your favorite food? Uh, mac and cheese. All right. That was easy. What about, like, is there, is there a spot, uh, there that you go get it? Uh, yeah, it's called the Eagle and they do kind of like Southern cooking, like, uh, fried chicken, chicken sandwiches, uh, sweet potatoes, um, fries, mm-hmm. their mac and cheese is the best. I really like pasta is probably my favorite, but mac and cheese specifically. All right. Um, what do you, what do you like to do in your free time? 
Um, a lot of different things. Uh, watch TV. I like to play different sports. I go out with my brother. We play basketball, ping pong, tennis, soccer, tennis. Um, just your typical. I like to be outside a lot. I like to go to the lakes with my family. Take my dog on walks. What is soccer tennis? <laughs> you don't know what soccer tennis is? Uh, I, I'm thinking about it, but I'm not so sure. So <laughs> we have, um, like, specifically they make soccer tennis nets now, but sometimes we play on tennis courts, and it's just, like, this net, and you play in, like... Oh, and you hit it over it's a, the it's net. A, yeah, it's a pretty tight square, and we always play... That's actually all we did um, COVID year in my basement. We bought one of those, and we put it in the basement because we have like concrete floors mm-hmm. and we'd make rules like um, one touch only, which was so difficult because the space was tight. And, you know, like it's like not an open space, like there are things around. So we'd always have to alternate sides after five serves or something because the furnace was always in the way on the one grid. And, you know, like us being competitive and petty, when you serve it, you'd like curve it that way. So the person really had nothing to do, but then tried to like send the ball back after it hit the furnace and didn't bounce again, which was like very difficult. So me and my brother would get into arguments about that. And then, you know, just your typical sibling, like he's like, oh, so that's how you want to play today or like something like that. And he'd always, he is the biggest trash talker. He's five, <laughs> he's five years younger than me. And I, I've learned, I learned quickly, like to never give anything to him because then he just rubs it in your face, even if you let him win. And then he won't like believe you when he, when you say you let him win. And it just, I mean, with him, <laughs> that's kind of how it always goes. Does he, does he brag about you that you're a pro soccer player? Um, I don't know. I think he definitely <laughs> uses me for clout, <laughs> especially, especially cause he's in high school. So he's yeah. like, yeah, this is my sister. Um, but yeah, That's I cool. think he does, but he won't admit it. Yeah. 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 That yeah, makes sense. Um, all right. La- last question, two part question. Why did you pick 13 and who do you want to do a Jersey exchange with? Um, well, I've actually done a jersey exchange with Marta on my first Ooh. game. Yeah, she was. She is my favorite player, like my role model. Oh, so you're already up. you're already done with it. You're you don't need any more jerseys. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I got it, and then I got her to sign it, which is even awesome. It's sitting in my room right now. I haven't washed it. I'm probably not going to wash it. Um, oh yeah, you can't wash yeah. it. You just got to hang <laughs> it up. I exchanged it with her. It was pretty awesome. Like. Like, it was just a great overall night, like, my debut and, like, meeting her and playing against her. And she actually talked to me during the game because I was marking her. And she looked at me and she asked me how old I was. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm 21. And she's like, you look very young. And I was like, yeah, this is this is my first year. And then she just ran off and then I had to go chase her down. How did, how did, that's, how did you get it? Like, then other people ask her? I mean, I came up to her after the game, and I think jersey exchange isn't really um, a big thing in the NWSL just because mm-hmm. we have limited amount of jerseys. Yeah. But, I mean, I was like, I'm going to get in a little trouble, but it's going to be worth it. So I went up to her, I asked her, and obviously she knows, like, that it's not allowed. And I was like, oh, like, I 
loved watching you growing up. Like it's an honor to play against you. And like, honestly, a lot of these players I didn't think would still be playing, you know, once I got to <laughs> the pro game and she was like, uh, she's like, yeah, let me just go ask if I can. And she like ran over and then, um, the team was getting into a huddle and, um, Bryn, our director of ops standing next to me. And I was like, Bryn, I just asked Marta for her Jersey. I'm like, I know I have to get into the huddle, but if she comes back, like, that's why, can you let me know? And she was like, um, well, Amina, that's like not really a thing in the league, but she's like, okay. And then Marta started walking back over and like, it was okay because it was Marta kind of thing, you know? And she yeah. was like, oh my God, she's coming back. Like she's coming back with the shirt. And I was like, oh my God, like Bryn was freaking out. I was freaking out. She's like, she's like, okay, it's Marta. We'll let it slide. And then I asked um, Marta if she wanted my shirt because I know everyone was like at the time was freaking out, like racing Louisville, new club and yeah. the our dark home jerseys with the flowers. Like everyone loved them. And she was like really excited to get it. Um, we took a picture. Like it was just an awesome night. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, that was bold of you, and I, I like it. Why not? You can't. You don't get what you don't ask for. Yeah. So I was like, the worst she could do is say no. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, could you let the listeners know where they could follow you on social media? Oh uh, yeah, um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, it's Amina underscore Ekich ten on both. So yeah. All right, again, appreciate it, and uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Yes, thank you so much. Quincy Marroquois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.